0: prayer this morning is that you um, you grasp at a deeper depth than you already do, his incredible acceptance of you. So if you would like to know more, at a proper depth, not just in your head, but a proper depth of his acceptance of you, just, just say, yes, Lord. I sense there's some yeah, just as I share this morning I'm having such a beautiful time I'm still in Luke 15 I'm still in the prodigal parable he just keeps showing me more of it I thought I'd wrung the neck out of it but he keeps just showing me more and more and it's so beautiful <sighs> but let me put it into context because it's a little while since I, I talked about it Last time I shared when he wanted baptism, I talked about leaving home. Today I want to talk about returning home. But let's start here. Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them and will come to them and make our home with them. So as I keep banging on about, he's at home in you and he loves being at home in you. And when we talk about these things, I'm not not trying to make something happen. I'm trying to help you see something that has already happened. He is already at home in you. He's made his home in you and he loves being at home in you. I'm I'm trying to help you come to a a deeper, fresher awareness of something that's already happened and has been a reality. It's not something you have to ask for or wait for. As soon as you said you love Jesus... He's made his home in you. And it's not something you have to really try and understand or even believe. Really, it's about accepting. In fact, I've come to this thought that actually the whole of the Christian faith is just a journey of accepting you're accepted. If you wanted to boil it down into anything, it would be this. It's a journey of accepting that we are accepted. Because everything else springs from that. So, my prayer this morning is we go on that journey of accepting that we are accepted a little bit further. Right now, where you are, with the home you've got, the relationships you've got, the money you've got, all the home relationships and money you don't have, whether you've read your Bible, prayed, done any of that stuff, it's completely irrelevant to your acceptance by Him. It's completely irrelevant. You don't have to do anything to be accepted and you can't do anything to lose your acceptance. All you can do, which is what most Christians are incredibly brilliant at, is denying your acceptance and come up with reasons why you're not. Most Christians have got a PhD in denying their acceptance and finding reasons why they're not. I don't know why that happens. But in truth, the journey of walking with Jesus, a key part of it is a journey of accepting that you are Accepted. So last time we, we, we launched off from these words, it wasn't long before the younger son packed his bags and left for a distant country. There, undisciplined and disappeared, he wasted everything he had. And we talked about what it meant to leave home. And we asked what home was. What does it mean to even be at home? And I said that for me, to be at home means I'm in a place of safety, I'm in a place of belonging, I'm in a place where I can be me. I don't have to perform, I don't have to think, I don't have to worry about how I'm coming across. I can just be me in all my quirks and foibles and irritating parts. I can just be me. That's what it means for me to be at home. But Henry Newin, whose whose book has kind of shaped this, said this, Home is a place beyond earning, deserving and rewarding. A place of surrender and complete trust. And when I read those words the very first time, and I've read them a lot, something in my spirit went, yeah, that's home. Something deep within me went, that sounds like a fabulous place to be. A place where I stop striving to earn love and acceptance, where I think that I deserve things when I get things right, or I don't because I don't get things right. That feels like home so home is a place beyond earning deserving and rewarding and so this morning i want to talk about returning home and i want to launch off this part of the parable so the the sun has disappeared off uh, and it says this when he came to his senses and i just read those words and immediately i went, well, what does that mean and immediately god gave me these like six lines that i'm going to share with you this morning of what it means to come to your senses Oh, don't you just love Jesus? Don't you just love it when he just shares and speaks? And I just love it. I love it so much. It's just the best. How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will sit out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So, of course, until he came to his senses, he couldn't come home which means that we can't go home till we return to our senses. But what does it mean to return to your senses? Well, number one, returning home means seeing the reality of our current situation. Pigs die on home. Returning home means seeing the reality of our situation. Pigs die on home. Before you can return home, you have to realize you are not at home, and that you may be currently living in a pigsty. And this is the truth. Anything compared to being at home with jesus is a pig's anything compared to being at home with jesus is a pig's you can create the nicest environments you want and have all the people you want in them but if you are not at home with jesus then anything you create externally is just a pig's in comparison to being at home with jesus now of course we put a lot of time and effort Into creating our external environments and getting things right. And there's nothing wrong in that. It's just that if you're not at home with Jesus in that nice environment, it is a pigsty. Think how long you spend choosing the colors to go on your walls. How many times you get a patch, paint it on the wall, decide what you're going to do, leave it there for a few weeks. Work out whether the sun goes in that right place or not. Spend a lot of time, don't we? Some of us creating our external environments. But it's a pigsty if you're not at home with Jesus. It's just a pigsty. He was starving to death. And yet it seems it took him a while to come up with senses. My well, worry, let me throw this in that you showed me the other day. Because you remember John 4, where we started. He says, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But those who drink the water I give them will never thirst. And then I thought, which means if I'm ever thirsty, I'm drinking the wrong stuff. Because the water that he gives means I'll never thirst. Okay, so if I'm ever thirsty, if anything I'm doing that I think is about Jesus, but it leaves me still thirsty, it clearly isn't what he wanted from me. Maybe sometimes we're drinking the wrong stuff. Because if we end up being thirsty, it ain't him. It might be some wonderful church thing, but it ain't him. It took him a while to understand that he was in a terrible place, starving to death with no hope or future. And part of our problem is that we're so blessed. Part of our problem is that we're so blessed. Because most of the time we've got pretty much everything we need, don't we? And yet most of the time, internally, we're starving and thirsty. So returning home means seeing the reality of our current situation, pig's day, and all. Number two, returning home means realizing life is better at home, and therefore worse away from home. Remember we said this, every time we go looking for love, affection, affirmation, acceptance, value, outside of Jesus, we are not at home, and we have life. Every time we go looking for love, affection, affirmation, acceptance, value, outside of Jesus, you have left home. But when we recognize we're not at home, we don't always say that returning home is the solution. Most of us move from distant country to distant country, as it were, and we live these frustrated lives because we've come to believe that if we just pack our bags from this place and set off to another place, everything will be all right. We fall for a lie time and time again, That if only we get this problem sorted, all will be well. If we just get through this season, something will shift and change. But of course it doesn't. Because the only way you will ever be satisfied is when you learn to return home and live there. But of course being home is tough because home is a place beyond earning, deserving and rewarding. And even though that sounds like it should be an easy place to live, it's actually a tough place to live. But returning home means we realize life is better at home and therefore worse away from home. And the only way to do that is to recognize number three. Returning home means recognizing the goodness of father. The youngest son remembers the heart of the father. He goes, oh, hang on a minute. My dad's servants have spare food. A father who provides generously for even his servants, never mind his sons. This is a father who gives over and above what's needed, so everyone in the household has more than enough. But here's our problem. What's good? How do you define good? You see, we sung it. We sing songs like good, good father. But we never really stop to question what good means. Because there are some valid questions to ask about how you can be good when this happens or that happens. There are some valid questions to ask about why you haven't turned up yet for what we've been praying on for years. And of course, those questions are great. Any healthy spirituality asks questions, asks doubts, shares them, goes about with them, that's good. A place where you can't have doubts is not healthy. A place where you can't share those things is not healthy. But there is no doubt in my mind that God is eternally and forever good. And that everything his heart towards me is for my good. There is nothing in him that is not good. But for that to be true, I have to understand this. God does not get what God wants. And that is because God isn't actually in control. Despite what we tell ourselves to make ourselves feel bad. You only have to read Genesis 1 to see that. Because what happens in Genesis 1 is God gives away control. God goes, I'm going to give you choice. And now you are in control, and I want you to choose what you want to do. You see, we say these things: "Oh, God's in control." Okay, I'm sorry, but if you said that to somebody who don't know Jesus, I'd go, "Well, that's fine, but I don't want anything to do with that God." Because I'd look at the world and go, "If he's in control, he's doing a rubbish job, isn't he?" So, I, I, and I know that might be a bit of a theological langerhead, but it's just not true, is it? God gave control to you and to me. That's the whole point of love. He cannot be in control and be loved. They're mutually exclusive. He can't do it. He's giving it away. The whole story of the Bible is about a good God of love who gives over control to humanity. And then when humanity doesn't manage to live in ways which were are designed to live, God sends Jesus to make it possible in ways that we could live, showing more of his goodness. And in Jesus, God deals with all the issues, the Bible calls it sin, that stop us living the way we were designed to live. God is good because he has done everything possible for us to live in the best way possible and then allowed you to choose. That means he's good. Of course, there are many people on the earth who are not yet living this way, but that does not mean God is not good. It means many people yet to understand, receive, and live out of his goodness, which is why we should be telling people about him, in the world we live. But that's not God's fault and it's got nothing to do with his goodness. In his incredibly costly goodness, he allows everyone to choose whether they want to experience and live out of his goodness or not. As we sang that line this morning, you know, his goodness is running after me. What does that mean? Well, it's Luke 15, 20. The father ran out to the son. Goodness runs out to you all the time. That's what that line means. It's not about his goodness runs after me because I've got money in my bank account today. Oh, his goodness runs after me because I've got this. No, his goodness runs out because every time you leave home, just like the Father, he runs out to you. That's what that line means. Hang on, you just saw it. Of course, goodness runs out to you the whole time. That's what goodness does. Returning home means we recognize the goodness of the Father. Number four. Returning home means understanding there is no need. For grovelling apologies or long admissions of guilt. The son prepares a little speech, presumably because he thinks he needs to persuade the father. And yet it seems, as you read of his homecoming later on, that father isn't remotely interested in his grovelling apologies or long admissions of guilt. We seem to think it's very important that we pay penance, which is nowhere in the New Testament. It comes from medieval ways the church used to make money. But it's not in the New Testament. We seem to think we must engage in some serious guilt and confession before we turn home. But read the story. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, note the order that things happen. His father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw her arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, blah, blah, blah. Does the father wait to even hear him? Does the father's compassion and acceptance depend remotely on what the son has to say? The Father has already run out to him. He has already shamed himself by running and accepting his wayward son. He has already welcomed him before a word can come out of his mouth. He's already done it. Why? Because this is a story about the heart of the Father. And according to the New Testament, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. The Passion says there remains no accusing voice of condemnation against those who are joined in life union with Jesus... This is one of the reasons why God is so good. There is no accusing voice of condemnation. So if you ever hear any voice of condemnation, any whisper or yelling voice that you are guilty and condemned, it's not the voice of the Father, or Jesus, or the Holy Spirit. So you have to decide whether you're going to listen to the good voice of the Father who runs to you and wraps his arms around you before you can get any words out of your mouth. Or whether you're going to listen to any other voices. Because before he utters a word, it's all done. Well, of course, because before the foundation of the world, it was all done. Before the foundation of the world, the lamb was slain. It was already done. It's already done. Thank you. I will. I'm glad I've got your permission. I know you are. I can see you're enjoying it. Returning home means we understand there is no need for groveling apologies or long admissions of guilt. Because as soon as you come up to your senses, he starts running. All you've got to do is come to your senses. That's it. Returning home, number five, means allowing the Father to delight over us because we are his kids and we are home. I wonder how the son responded when Dad ran to him and flung his arms around him. I wonder whether he could enjoy the embrace. I was like, no, 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 Dad, Dad, I've got to say something first. Just, just, you can't do this yet. Let me get my confession out. Let me tell you all how guilty I am. Let me tell you how sorry I am. I wonder how he responded. Did he enjoy the embrace? Did he linger in it? Or was he desperate to untangle himself so he could get out his confession? And make sure he said something that didn't need saying. Because he'd already come with senses. Of course the challenge of returning home and living there is hard. Because it is a place beyond earning, deserving and rewarding. And we don't really see that anywhere else. But that's the truth. Hopefully though, we're starting to see it in our relationships. Hopefully we're starting to see it in ways that we are accepted and we accept one another. To be truly and fully at home, you have to come to a place of accepting that home is a place you cannot earn, do not deserve, and cannot be rewarded for. In other words, it's got nothing to do with you. Which is a killer because your ego likes to do something. Your ego likes to show it can be something. Which is why your ego has to continually be nailed to the cross. And you've got to keep crucifying it. In other words, home is a place where you are delighted over and embraced regardless of anything you have done or not done. And regardless of whether what you have done is right or wrong, home goes beyond that place because it is a place beyond earning, deserving and rewarding. And whilst any of us insist on making it a place that excludes us because we can't earn it or we're not deserving it or we feel like we don't be rewarded for it, then we exclude ourselves. But let's be clear who's doing the excluding because it ain't him, it's you. And it ain't me, because I'm telling you that you're included. So he makes it really clear. I'm doing my best to make it as clear as I can and bang on about as much as I can. So now you've got a choice. Are you going to be in or are going to be out? And it's that simple. Returning home means allowing the Father that delight over us because we're his kids. And we're home. Number six. Returning home means accepting his robe and ring and sandals. When father runs out to meet the son, he embraces him, and then the son tries to get his confection out, but father's not really interested because immediately it says this, but father said to his servants, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. The robe, ring, and sandals are all signs of his status in the community. The robe, royalty, protection. The ring, the father's authority. And the sandals set him apart as a son, not a servant. Notice exists as well. He doesn't say to his son, all right, get inside, have a shave, get yourself cleaned up. He says, servants, go get it for him. Immediately, he is restored as the son in the household, where everybody else is doing the running around for him. He doesn't even have to start himself out. The best robe... Well, that'd be dad's robe. So dad's robe gets put on him. And then he's going to go to a party afterwards that dad knows about, and everybody's going to see that this son is wearing dad's robe. That says everything anybody needs to know about what dad thinks about him. Everybody's going to come to this party, and they're going to wonder what's going on. They're going to look, and they're going to say, oh, wow, dad's taken his best robe off, and he's given it to his son. And now everybody's going to know that this son is a son once more. And then he gives him the ring like that would be the signet ring of the house. What the father would use to seal documents, make deals, make contracts, buy things, sell things. Hang on a minute, this is the guy who wasted everything. This is the guy who got half the lot and ruined it all. And immediately the father gives him authority to spend again. <laughs> such a good parable, church. <laughs> Immediately, he gives him the authority to spend again. Isn't it good? It's so good, this stuff. And then the sandals, they're a symbol of his rank. Slaves go barefoot, sons wear sandals. Immediately, he's restored right to the very back. Immediately. Of course, the son has a choice realize what i said the son has a choice as to what he accepts does he wear them and say thank you or does he protest and say no i'm not worthy of that robe dad i can't wear that ring have you seen what i did with the money you gave me last time do you realize what happened last time and you gave me all that stuff i can't wear those sandals no son i trust you I want you to wear my best robe and I trust you with everything I've got. I don't care what you did the last time. Go again. Because I'm trusting you because you're my son. And that's how much I love you. And that's my heart towards you. What about you, though? Are you going to accept it? And say, thanks, Dad. Can't wait to get to this part How are you going to go, no, 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 I I can't do that, Dad. You see, this is where most of us live. We live in the place of no, 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 Dad. And we've got to move to a place of yes, 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 Dad. Yes, yes, yes. I know I made a mess last time, Dad. Okay, just go again, son. You'll do fine this time. Yeah, but I've made a mess 10 times. I don't care. Maybe the 11th will be when you get right. Who's putting those words in your head and where they're coming from? When you say, it can't be possible, I can't possibly receive anything, that's not true, I can't go again, I made such a mess last time. Listen, it's in the Father's gift to give you those things. And every time we leave home, his goodness runs after you, and ready to place it on you, his best robe on your shoulders, his ring of authority on your finger, and sandals that mark sonship onto your feet. The issue is not his willingness to welcome us, the issue is our acceptance of his welcome. Returning home means accepting his robe and ring and sandals. So returning home then, it means seeing the reality of our current situation, pigs die and all. It means realizing life is better at home and therefore worse away from home. It means recognizing the goodness of the father. It means understanding there is no need for groveling apologies or long admissions of guilt. It means allowing the father to delight over us because we're his kids and we're home. And it means accepting his robe, ring, and sandals. But more than anything, it just means this. It means we go on a journey of accepting that we are accepted. That's what it means. We go on a journey of accepting that we are accepted. And of course... That means killing all the voices that tell you otherwise. But I'm here to tell you this morning, there is only one voice, one true voice of the Father, and that is that you are accepted in the Beloved, which is Ephesians one and verse six in the New King James Version. Or you could go to Romans fifteen seven, which says, "Accept one another as Christ has accepted you." Is it good good father that one is goodness is running after me? No. Well that song anyway. It's that line. Alright, let's just take some moments. Actually just play quietly initially about nine minutes. And then maybe we can go in on that. Yeah, let's do that. Okay. Just ju- some I just know this morning that something is flowing in terms of acceptance. It's just just here in a different way. Okay? But listen, here's the thing. All you've got to do is accept it. You don't have to try. You don't have to worry about any feelings or not. You've just got to go, thank you, Jesus. Some of you have got to literally just say, all right, Lord, I'm putting on your. I'm putting on that robe I'm putting on that ring I'm putting on those sandals and just do it alright faith just going to pay quietly for a few minutes and Lord we just release you to do what you do best Father Lord we see you we see you running out Father wherever we are wherever we think we are Lord we know that you are running to us Father and goodness is running after us Lord right now we corporately, we corporately say that we receive your acceptance of us Father we receive it into our spirits Lord we receive Lord we receive Lord your love without us telling you everything we just receive your embrace we receive the Father's robe we receive the ring of authority and we receive the sandals of sonship. Lord. And proclaim the acceptance of the Father over everybody in this room and everybody watching online. And I speak to all those voices that suggest otherwise. You are silenced. In the name of Jesus, you are silenced. The only voice that's allowable in this room is the voice of the Father's acceptance. In the name of Jesus.
1: Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Father, we thank you that you love us so, so, so much unfathomable love unending love unceasing immeasurable Father, it doesn't matter if we like you doesn't matter what we think about you doesn't matter if we're upset with you If we agree with you, because no matter what, your love never stops, never ever stops, it just keeps on coming. Doesn't matter if we have the same opinions, the same judgments, none of it matters because it just keeps coming. you Father Father we just say that we're sorry that we get it all the wrong way around it's just these puny little minds Lord that needs changing Lord, that needs renewing that needs transforming Father we think we've got you all worked out but you're so much bigger than we are so much greater than we are and you are changing these minds Lord just say Lord right now we need our minds changing Lord we need our minds changing Lord so much thank you Father thank you Holy Spirit thank you Father that in this room Lord there's not one person that's not beautifully loved, wonderfully beautifully loved precious and right now lord and all our family father all those that we think of lord you love them as well father every single one of them lord and you'll never stop father you'll never stop lord you'll never stop kissing them and running out to them every day father and lord this just this thought of the prodigal lord we think of some some guy that got everything wrong, that just ran away from you, Father. And yes, it's, it's true, Lord, but Lord, we're, we're like this all the time, Father. Running away, Lord. Running away. But right now, Lord, we just say yes, yes, yes. Yes, 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 Lord, we accept you, Lord. We accept your love, Lord. We say thank you for accepting us, Lord that we are accepted, Lord. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Come on, just whisper it to him. Just say, yes, 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 yes. Yes, 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 Lord. Yes, Father, we love you. Thank you that you love us, Lord. Thank you, Father. you your concerned, Father we're in we're in we're in you love us we're in thank you Father thank you Lord and there's no one of you Lord that don't want to be in we all want to be in none of us want to be out we all want to marinate in your love Lord You love law.